Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week, we are going to be covering... Uh, we're actually going to be doing two-parter. You'll hear the second part of it next week. But this week, we're going to be doing The World Is Not Enough, followed by Die Another Day. Yeah, uh-huh. Unlike someone who watched the movies in reverse order. Oh, idiot. Jesus Christ. Idiot. Yes, I know. Uh, I do want to welcome everybody here. How how can you watch something from from 2002 first instead of watching something from 1999 first? Plus, that was the 40 Die Another Day was the 40th anniversary, the 40th anniversary for the, you know, 20th film, 40th anniversary. How do you screw that up? Okay, do you really want to know? You know what the sad thing is though, there are a lot of people that get the, the Pierce Brosnan movies screwed up. They can't, um, they can't keep them straight. See, I don't. I, you know, if, if you listen to uh, uh, Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies that we had already recorded, um, Pierce Brosnan was my era. Like, I, I grew up, you know, as a kid watching some Connery stuff and watching a few of the Roger Moore stuff and whatever else, and I watched the only good one that Dalton did, which was License to Kill. But once once Brosnan came in, it was like, oh my god, yeah, th- th- this is the guy. <laughs> so let me give a quick introduction, since we're running all over the place tonight. <laughs> uh, I do have Mike back with me. Hello, Mike. Hello. And we also have, he was supposed to be on last time, last two episodes, but, you mm-hmm. know, he had to be a little bitch. <laughs> With his knee and his ACL injury stretched out on the sofa, we have Stephen Ring back. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it that you were saying, Mike, about his knee being something about whacked for uh, catchers? No, I said, I said, <laughs> I had said, what did he do? Injure it playing, uh, you know, minor league ball or something? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so welcome back, Stephen. <laughs> Oh, you know, if I had feelings that might hurt them. Right, right. <laughs> oh. So, as we as we discussed, we're going to be covering The World Is Not Enough. Uh, Steven, I know that you are like a huge James Bond fan, so that's part of the reason why you're on tonight. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Yes. And, and what we wanted to do, what Mike and I wanted to do here, just because you were supposed to be on the last two episodes, we're going to kind of give you just a quick, you know, maybe minute and a half rundown, if you would, of what you thought of both movies. Uh, both Goldeneye and uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Thank you. Jesus oh my God, Christ. just put me on the spot just like that. Yes. Well, you know, oh. it's not like this is live television or anything. Thank God. Thank God this can be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, it's going to be staying in. <laughs> I actually have a, a sidetrack just for a moment before he gets his thoughts out. I have a clip from a buddy of mine. Uh, he runs uh, thisweekingeek.net up there in Canada. Uh, it's been going strong for over, I think it's eight years now. About, about six of those eight years ago, I uh, had the we, – we were having some recording and, and he was half drunk and whatever else. And one of his uh, sound clips that I grabbed from him was him saying, this has been edited out. Ha, ha, ha. You'll never know what was here. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> And I'm assuming this is Mike Dodd, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. 
He has one where he says, I think it's him saying, he, he's, he's laughing, so it, it it's kind of one of those weird things. I think he's saying, oh my god, he's punching himself. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. The sad thing is, I think he was watching a porno at the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, oh god. to bring it back to the Bond girls, what did you think of GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies, Steven? Oh. GoldenEye, you know, that's... That was the first new Bond movie that I saw. My first exposure was with, um, you know, Timothy Dalton. And, and you know, uh, he was kind of a filler, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Goldeneye, I thought, you know, here it is, this new James Bond. You know, he was cool. The way, the, the way Goldeneye started out with that jump mm-hmm. right oh. off the dam. Yeah. You're into it from the start. Mm-hmm. And then to finish off the opening scene, right off the cliff in the plane. Yes. <laughs> and you're, you're in. And you know what? Just, just like every other show that Sean Bean is in, he ends up dead. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you're well, right. Well, he, hey, you, he actually ended up being arrested in National Treasure, so he didn't die in that movie at least. Well, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, but everything was, was new with, with this James Bond for... For the first time, M M was a lady. Judy Dench, awesome. And I, I kind of miss her now that she's she's not going to be playing M anymore. Yeah, we're going in this this completely new direction. But but Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan, you know, again, just like you said, Mike, that that was you know that was the first new James Bond of, of kind of our generation. Mm-hmm. And that's what really brought me into it and got me into. The rest of the series. That's when I started watching Sean Connery, you know, Roger Moore, all the rest of them. It's so funny. The year that came out, um, actually, no, the year after that came out, because it came out in November of, of, uh, of November, September. It came out late in 95. Yeah. And uh, in 96, when I had my birthday in February, I had bought at the time when the GoldenEye merchandise was, you know, big and everything else. Um, I had a 007 cap. It was a gold 007 on a, on a, on a black cap. And I have always been a fan of Dairy Queen ice cream cakes. And I told them, I told the people at the group home I was at, I was like, look, I want the 007 logo in gold on a chocolate cake. Biggest insult in the world, they gave me a white cake with purple frosting that said, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, Jesus. What? Oh, my God. Somebody was fucking with you. Yeah, something like that. Uh, all right. You know, Honor Her Majesty's <laughs> Secret Service, that's, that's, if it weren't for Never Say Never Again, that would almost, that would be the redheaded stepchild of the series. It is the yeah. redheaded stepchild of the series because Never Say Never yeah, Again it, doesn't exist. <laughs> well, no, no, but that's, it it physically it, exists. It is but, not part. It, it is not yeah, canon. Yeah. yeah, it's something that's it, it. It was more of a parody. Well, now if we're going to talk Mike, parodies, My, Mike Myers did parody of Bond yeah. better. <laughs> or that and that and Main Man Flint. Okay, you see those two. Those are straight James Bond parodies. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Thoughts on Smart Never Dies, Stephen. Oh, is that where we're going? Tomorrow never dies. Yeah. (sighs) 
Oh, you know what? I haven't watched that one in a long time. Seriously? I, you own the entire no. fucking collection and you haven't watched that in like forever and a day. <laughs> I haven't watched. You know what? I, I'm still I'm still in the middle of. Let's see. What's the last one I saw in my collection? Um, The Spy Who Loved Yeah, I'm me. actually. My next one is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, my my wife got me the entire Blu-ray collection. Yeah. So that's the one. But. Tomorrow never dies. You know, come on! It had Terry Hatcher it, it, that, in it. it. It had Terry Hatcher, and at that time she was hot. Yeah. Yes, she was hot. I, you know, I had to give her the business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it had the great car it, scene. It had the car scene. Yep. You know that stealth boat. You know what? I always wanted that stealth boat. Jesus. No, the stealth boat is that, in World Is Not Enough. Oh, you mean that? Uh, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. no the stealth you're, boat. You're, you're, you're talking. Am I thinking? No, no. You're right. You're right. You're talking. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah I'm in the right. I, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Wait a right. minute. No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. I'm in the right one. Yeah, they're you know both what I'm talking about. They're both black and they both go really fast. So I was flashing forward yeah. to the <laughs> World Is Not Enough. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Everybody except Doug loved that stealth boat. Jesus. All right. It was just. <laughs> It was just cool looking. It looked like a fucking B two bomber on the water. What can I say? <laughs> it you might just be have only no one. imagination, sir. Good God! <laughs> so the other thing we have to bring up because Doug and I forgot to bring it up in the Tomorrow Never Dies episode is we forgot to mention that um, in Goldeneye we had Tina Turner doing the title song. In Tomorrow Never Dies, they got Cheryl Crow to sing the title song. Yes. Right? I thought that was genius. <laughs> and then they have to go to The World Is Not Enough, and they have to take out the garbage. Yeah. And when we get to Die Another Day, I'll bring that one up. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, garbage was, I'll, garbage I'll was say, awful, but... I'll say this. Uh... Would die another day. I'd listen to that song over and over and over again compared to the crap that was Skyfall's song. Oh my god, that woman cannot sing to save her life, in my opinion. You, you didn't like Adele? <laughs> See, I, you're not I'd, a fan. I, I'd rather have Katy Perry sing a Bond song. Now, Katy Perry you're is more a Bond a, girl. You're more of a Megan Trainer, you know, all about that bass guy. Oh no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. I'll tell you, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I am so sorry for taking this show on a complete train wreck here, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know what the one thing that makes me pay attention to pop music nowadays is when Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or Cartoon Network or whatever, they run these goddamn kids bop CD oh, things with kids singing these pop I'm thinking, how is that for kids? These are songs that are created by adults that have... God knows how many marijuana and sexual innuendos in them. It's just, <laughs> oh my God, that's a kids point. bop forty all about that bass. <laughs> it's, it's, Jesus. The only reason why I know this is because I've seen the commercial. It's actually on Kids Bop Twenty Seven. They're only up to twenty seven right now. Oh my God, only yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's because so many other crappy pop artists are going to come out in the next twenty years, and then they'll be up to forty seven. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, so Garbage <laughs> is doing The World Is Not Enough's theme song. Uh, what do we think of this this theme song? Uh, it was okay. It was okay. It was tolerable. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I myself didn't care all that much for it, but it was like, okay, it's there. The world is not enough. Moving on. Let's get to the, you know, let's get through this and go on. I was more focused on watching the really cool effects of having the, you know, quote unquote, naked ladies in the oil and everything that was going through. That was pretty cool. It's, it's tolerable. Like spam is tolerable. If you're you're hungry, you'll eat it. Yeah. You know, you've got You've got to see that to get through the movie. You know, it, it's it's just an unfortunate fact. You know, nothing we can do about it. Sad thing is, you bring up spam, and all I can think of, and this has nothing to do with you, Doug. But all I can think of is uh, Lucy's brother in Waterboy, named Doug, who loves spam and Reese's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to bring up because there is there there is a character who's related to spam later, so we'll get to that when we get to our cast. Uh, no. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit. We'll put out a little bit of background history on The World is Not Enough here. Uh, this one here is the 1999 episode. or uh, I'm sorry, the 19th episode of 19th the Bond movie. film, yes. 19th film coming out in 1999. Uh, it's the third to star Pierce Brosnan as the fictional MI6 agent James Bond. Uh, it was actually taken from a title or taken from a line in the 1963 novel on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And the film's plot revolves around the assassination of Sir Robert King by the terrorist Bernard, Bond's subsequent assignment to protect King's daughter Electra, uh, who had been previously held for ransom by Bernard. And all this goes through and they discover a scheme to increase petroleum prices by triggering a nuclear meltdown in the waters of Istanbul. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty basic. <laughs> Definitely the this, terrorists coming around again. Yeah, this one had a, like, you know, Stephen, you mentioned the really cool opening scene in, in GoldenEye, and this one had a great opening scene. This one did something that I don't think any Bond film really has done that well. Not that well, but it got two things out of the way, even though we would see them later. It got... Q's first appearance in the film, in the very beginning, because Bond eventually steals his retirement boat. <laughs> I love that. Uh, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. But he, he starts off in this bank. And it's just hilarious how he uses the guy he shoots <laughs> to, to counteract his weight. To, to, to scale down the building. Yes, and, and I want to talk about that for just a second here, because yeah. when I was first watching this, mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was like the big splash scene where they're having this gunfight, and then he jumps out the window, and I thought, that's it? <laughs> this is a pissy opening scene for James Bond flick. This is this is not good. You are so wrong, well, sir. And because... I'm glad I was. <laughs> I'm glad I was, trust me. <laughs> But I'm sitting here thinking, that's it? Because then it, then it cuts away, he gets away, and you see them back at MI6. And I'm going, my God, that was really pissy. They should have had much more to it leading up. Goldeneye was better than this. I mean, Goldeneye had a whole hell of a lot more than this. And but then... you know what? Even if they had ended it right there with him hitting the ground, walking away, adjusting the tie, all of that, it would have been fine because it played into the story. Now, it would have been, a you know... Yeah, a really short opening scene, but then they open up an MI6. They just kind of continued it on, but it had it ended right there. It would have been cool. Yeah, it, it was. Come it on, just, just tell me you, you you haven't wanted to jump out a window like that before after seeing that. 
Yeah. You kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, but it was so much better when he goes, oh, shit, there's a bomb. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then you see everything blowing up. You see him getting into the boat. You see him taking off. Yeah, that was probably one of the better scenes that I've seen. Now, please remind me, because I want to make a statement here. But before I do, I want to make sure I'm right. Did Roger Moore adjust his tie in the underwater car in The Spy Who Loved Me? He did. God damn it. Yes. Because I was going to say, well, he, but he was in the car, though. So technically, yes, he's underwater, but he's in a compressionized car. Pierce, when he has the boat dive and the music comes up when he's a he's like it's like that is the this is one of the reasons why pierce brosnan in my personal opinion outside of sean connery is the best james bond because he is the only one to actually have an underwater scene where he's adjusting his tie while being underwater well and and there's a need you to settle down sir on that (laughs) okay settle down there's a little bit of trivia about that because Uh that boat that they had actually designed that thing had 350 horses coming out of it yeah. They discovered that they were actually able to bury the nose and submarine the boat when they pushed it to full throttle. <laughs> so that was actually, it was purely by accident that they did this. And they said, you know what? Screw it. Let's write this into the film. We're going to make him go under the bridge with this. So they put that scene in with him ducking the boat underneath by diving it so that he could come along. And then Pierce Brosnan said, he goes, you know what? I want to do this. I want to do the tie adjustment while I'm underwater. And so they <laughs> said, okay, let's do it. And, Everybody thought that was awesome. It was. So. <laughs> it, it was. You know, Pierce Brosnan made the, ch- the tie adjustment cool. Oh, yeah. They all did, but I, I don't know. It's, for some reason, it seemed to be his signature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like in Goldeneye. You know, he's in the tank. Yeah. yeah. He takes out <laughs> the, two, the two cars behind him, and he just kind of stops for a second. It's like, you know, I got to adjust the tie. That, that and his, like, kind of oh, did that hurt sort of look that he does? You know, like, oh, right. ooh, I got you, ooh. It's kind, of, it's kind of like that opening scene in GoldenEye. Pardon, forgot to knock. Whap! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Oh, man. All so, right, so we get to that scene. Uh, he is chasing this woman who is um, apparently is the woman who shot at him from the bank. Um Meets up with her. She goes on this balloon-type thing. He doesn't able to catch her. Uh, and he gets injured on the job, which leads to another Bond girl scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, where, where, where else are we going after this one? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, crap. So he's on... He's on Injured reserve list, pretty much, uh, until he gets the good doctor to clear him, even though he's still injured because of his shoulder. I like I like how you go with like baseball and you go with the injured reserve. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's been it's on the a, IR. Yeah, it's it's been a theme. Kenny uh, Main reporting, you know, yeah. James Bond's on the IR. He's on the DL. DL. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, he eventually gets to go after everybody, and he goes and meets Electra King, uh, who is not all who she seems to be. Oh. And all as I can think of, and 
all I can think of now, even though I know this movie came out before what I'm going to reference, all I can think of is, wow, Jennifer Gardner would have made a better Electra. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh. That's a horrible joke. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a whole Stephen Pilot shit right there. Uh huh. Um, all right. So he goes and meets her. They have, uh, oh, no, wait. Did we have the cue scene before he went and met her, right? Yeah, because yeah. he has the jacket with him. Yeah. 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 Oh, jacket. So the cue scene. Well, let's just get the emotional stuff out of the way now. Um, we have Q, and lo and behold, we have Basil from Faulty Towers, Mr. John Cleese, as R. And and Bond even says, the way it's introduced, he says, so if you're Q, does that make him R? <laughs> Well, and the funny thing is that in the credits, he's not actually called R. It's just John Cleese. Yeah. So, um, you know, he he John Cleese. He's he's been around for a while. He's he's not that well known to me. Mm-hmm. But those who grew up watching him, obviously, he's well known. But I, you know, I have to be honest. I'm glad he was. He just he wasn't in the Bond series that long. Yeah, he two he films was, was a, his limit, and that's that was it. Yeah. Well, they yeah, I mean they they pretty much rebooted it and gave us two films that right. had no cue. Um, I mean, I thought he was all right, and I I, I don't want to say he was a decent replacement because no one can ever replace Desmond Llewellyn as Q. No, but because no. of the fact that Desmond had passed away, I felt that you know his his lines in the script that was written for him for this movie and die of the day was all right. I mean, it wasn't insulting to the job that he was doing, you know, no. kind of taking over for Q. Um, no, it wasn't by, by any means. I just, I don't know. I felt like he didn't fit in there. No, he was kind of like the goofball that was put in just to, I mean, where, where you had Desmond Llewellyn having the sharp wit and you know the cutting edge of sarcasm with everything, and then you mm-hmm. have John Cleese, who's kind of just this big buffoon, especially when he's going through and putting on the jacket. First, you put the right arm into the right sleeve, <laughs> left arm into the left sleeve, then you take the zipper. Just pull the tag, but but you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I mean that's the whole thing is. He was there. He was definitely there as comic relief, and he did that well. Mm-hmm. Would he is he great replacement? No, no, no. There nobody's going to be a replacement for Desmond Llewellyn. No. Bottom no. line. And you think about that. You think about him as an actor. We basically, if you watch the Bond films from beginning to end, or beginning till up till this film. We saw the man grow up. We saw the character grow up. I mean, even as a young man in in some of the Connery and, and Moore films, he mm-hmm. still had that sharp wit and everything else. I think it got better as he went along. Um, and I think in this film in particular that he kind of became more of a father figure to 007 with his final words. Right. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, and I thought that was a really nice exit scene uh, that they did for him in this movie. You know, people can complain about this movie if they want to, but they cannot complain about the final cue scene that we got. Yeah, right. 
very nice, very nicely done. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, so, so where do we go? I'm trying to think here. Um, well, we've got Bond. Know. We've got Bond getting the money, uh, mm-hmm. discovering that it, it's following back to Bernard, who's that KGB agent turned terrorist. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Bernard was left a, with a bullet in his brain, which is gradually destroying his senses, making him immune to pain. Which that was kind of. Cool. I kind of want that power. <laughs> I, I well, not power, but I, I kind you know I. I kind of want that. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, you want the power to not to be able to feel anything? Sure, why not? Taste anything? Smell anything? Seriously? Okay, maybe not to feel pain. That, that's kind of where that ends. <laughs> okay, yeah, because remember, you're, you're, you're cutting out everything. All pleasure, all pain, everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Otherwise, I'll be talking to your wife about this, Stephen. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Guess what Stephen said? (laughs) Yeah, I'll sell you down the river. Anyway. Oh, God. You should start a new Twitter handle, Shit Stephen Says. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Wow. Oh, Lord. Uh, That'll go over well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you might be able to get your very own short-lived series on a television network, like William Shatner did. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> I gotta say that the whole skiing scene, which they did down the side of the mountain with... with Xbox, Skype. Bond, no. and he's gone. Wow. wow. There we go. There you are. I don't know what happened there. Your Skype quit, and you had to yell at your Xbox. Good job. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> this part has been edited. You'll never know it was here. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Xbox, watch TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> Be careful what you say. That's one. Okay, I know we're all over the place here, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, but Jesus yeah. Christ, this is one reason why I do not want an Xbox is because if you say the wrong thing, it's going to do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but think about it. Anybody anybody that's listening to this right now, and I just did that, their Xbox is freaking out if it's anywhere near <laughs> You're welcome. Good you know point. What? Why don't we just hit the whole gamut of them? You know what? Hey, Siri. Oh, okay, Jesus. Google. There we go. God. Just messed with everybody. <laughs> Oh, yeah that that whole don't scene. edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so we get to the skiing scene, and I have to think now. On rewatching this film again, I have to think the version of the coat that R uses to demonstrate is not the same version of it that Bond uses because. When R demonstrated it, his legs were sticking out of it. When Bond uses it to save him and Electra from the avalanche, they're like laying inside of it like it's a friggin' tent. Yeah, you're probably right on that. I mean, it's maybe they were pulling their legs up. I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably two different things. Obviously, it wasn't the same exact jacket. Right, yeah. Well, so. that, okay, and here's the other thing. If they're balled up inside this thing, Mm-hmm. Where did the skis go? <laughs> I'm just saying, where did the skis go? Yeah, well, probably, technically, yeah. the skis were supposed to pop off using the, 
uh, using the simple, the, the ZIF bindings here, the zero insertion force bindings. So that's what happened to them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. I'm talking way too much geekiness for skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is you live in a state that doesn't have skiing. No, actually we do. We Not just have you shitty skiing. The state that you live in. Yeah, they do. We got Mammoth. So, mammoth is kick-ass skiing. Oh, it's man-made. It's not natural. No, 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 no. Mammoth is yeah, real most snow. of it is man. Yeah, come on. Let's admit, most of it's man-made for the year. Mammoth is actually real snow. When you're talking about Bear Mountain and, and the shitty stuff out of L.A. area, yeah, that's all man-made. I'll give I'm you that. I'm talking about you don't have a Rocky Mountain in your backyard. <laughs> no. I wish I did. And th- you know what? And thank God for that. <laughs> I will keep my beach weather all year long. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so we get the skiing scene. Electra's freaking out, and he's trying to calm her down. Um, they go to where do they go next? They go to the pipeline. Uh, right? No, they're at the casino with. Uh, oh, that's right. They're at the casino. <laughs> yeah. Where we see Valentin Zukovsky again. <laughs> yep. I love this guy. I love him. Yep. They, they show up there and they're saying, okay, they're going to acquire information about who attacked Elektra. Uh, they discovered that the head of security, David Oy, is secretly in league with Renard. Bond kills him, boards a plane bound for a Russian ICBM base in Kazakhstan, and basically takes his place, and he poses as this Russian nuclear scientist. And coming up with a really bad accent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the part that, that gets to me is that he meets up with Christmas Jones, a.k.a. Big Tits, Wild Things, Denise Richards, the former Charlie Sheen, or Mrs. Worst Charlie Sheen. Bond girl ever. Oh, yeah. But she wasn't quite completely crazy at this point. No. No, no, no. no. I'm saying crazy. worst choice for a Bond girl ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just, um, you know, just like John Cleese. Well, John Cleese fits in a little better than she did. It just. Oh, come on. John Cleese was 10 times better than she was for Bond Girl. About the only thing going that she had for her was that her boobs were showing. You know, she had them. She had the girls up for something. Exactly. So. But they go through, they get down in the, they get down in the silo. And I love when she calls him out on, on his. Russian. She's like, you know, something doesn't seem right about him. And she calls him out on it and he goes, you know, she says Russian, speaks Russian to him and he goes, oh, I, I learned my Russian, I, I, you know, learned my English at Oxford. I studied at Oxford and that's how come I have this English accent. It's just like, really? So, uh, but we do go through, they get into the silo. Renard removes the GPS locator card from the bomb. They steal the bomb and uh, Jones pulls it off and says, hey, he's not, you know, he's not really a Russian scientist. She blows his cover. Uh, you know, Renard gets off of the bomb there and everybody escapes the exploding silo with the locator card and get a, gets away. So, uh, Mike, am I missing anything here? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but we get through all that. Bond discloses to M that he thinks, hmm, you know what? Electra, I don't necessarily think that she's exactly who, you know, innocent as she says, especially when he calls her out because Renard gives her, gives him a line back about, what was it? Something about, um, 
living the way you want to die or something like that. Living life as as what as you want to die. I, I you uh, was it? A, it wasn't a you only live twice line. Um. Oh God, what was that quote? Damn it! I gotta look it up. I, I don't know. remember. I know it's it's not terribly important to us. We just know where it's coming from, you, you know. And that's basically it. Links back to Renard and Electra because Electra said it. Uh, it kind of it kind of tips him off, but then when they're down there, he also grabs his shoulder. Yeah. That was the other thing. And that's that's what really kind of sends it home. It's like, oh, how did she, you know, how did he know? Well, you did show up at my funeral with the sling. You know, you were injured. People could see that at that time. So, hmm, maybe that's where it came from. You know, it, it's just like, okay, whatever. Uh, I do like that when they finally get into the pipeline, that cart that they were riding around in the pipeline, that thing was pretty bitching. They're speeding up to 80 miles an hour to chase down and slow down a bomb they've got behind them, a nuclear bomb. Right? Why, why isn't that a ride at Magic Mountain? Exactly. Exactly. I would have loved to go on something like that. So, but we get all through that, and of course we see, th- this is what, oh God, this is what makes my head hurt as I sit here and think about this. We see Janice Richards disabling the bomb because, well, I've got a degree in nuclear physics. No, you don't. No, no, you really don't. And that's what made this so damn unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think a nuclear uh, physicist could... Any nuclear physicist could, you know, disarm a bomb, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, they they probably could because they'd know the principles behind it, but that's about it. I, I wouldn't, you know... I was just like, Whatever. I don't buy this at all. She she was in there for eye candy. That's that's what she was. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know because I just recently watched the uh the season three rerun of the staircase implementation where we get the story in the Big Bang Theory of how the elevator got broken. And even as a physicist, Sheldon could not um <laughs> disable the bomb he just put it in the elevator and got leonard the hell out of there and boom so, exactly yeah yeah smartest guy ever um, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. but i i like how they you know they finally get the bomb blown up they you know electra thinks that james bond is dead and this is where she turns her cards and she says hey i'm really a villain and we see you know th- this is my thing and i've learned this lesson from this movie don't ever trust a French chick. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Bottom line. Don't ever trust a French chick. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that scene. I mean, she just like turns around. It's kind of like, okay. She goes all the way through this. They, you know, you see them getting away. Uh, he takes Christmas Jones back with her, back with him to MI6. Or, and he gets taken to a tower where they have uh, a submarine. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place on this because I'm reading my notes and I'm going, my God, this doesn't make any sense. But (laughs) uh, we end up having them where Jones is taken aboard a submarine. We see Bond jump onto the submarine because he realizes what's going on. Uh, They take off and Zukovsky shows up (laughs) and we see him shoot. God, what is this? Okay, okay, stop. I'm sorry. We, yeah. we, 
Zukovsky shows up because his nephew is the captain of the of the of the <laughs> of the submarine. He shows up and says, "I'm looking for my nephew in a submarine. It's big and black and what I don't know what 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 else he says, but he shows up, he sees James and sees the predicament that he's in. By this point in their friendship, quote unquote friendship or rivalry or whatever else, they've kind of made up for each other. Uh, or made up with each other as far as that goes, so they're not sworn enemies anymore. Um, And, you know, she, uh, you know, Elektra shoots Zakovsky, but he doesn't die right away. Uh, He um, points his little cane gun, which is a nice little Bond trick, uh, points his little cane gun at her and then points it at James and fires. But the way the shot is, the way that the camera shot is, we don't see what he hit until later, and he just slumps over. And she says, "Zukovsky really hated you, didn't he?" And he actually hit the cuff to free James's right arm, and that's right. how it's how he gets out and gets the better of Electra. Well, and the uh, whole the whole thing behind that too is that I found this out reading a little bit of trivia is that the reason that he was walking with a cane is that many years before before the end of the Cold War. Bond had actually caused an injury to mm-hmm. Zukovsky that made him walk with the cane. So that's why he was which, carrying the cane Which is around. what was referenced in, in Goldeneye. My yep. knee aches every day. Yes. And so all that kind of ties through all these episodes, all these movies, until here where we finally see him bite the dust. Which really was kind of a shame because I really did like his character by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Rhea, uh, not Renee, not Renard. Um, Electra has a really great line when he asks her, "Where is M? Pretty soon she'll be everywhere." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is so horrible. <laughs> oh, but I, I do have to say that the the end scene when they're in the submarine, they Bond like does something to the submarine where it starts diving rather than surfacing. He's like, "Oh, whoops." <laughs> And they ground the nose of the submarine into the ground. The thing is, they've got full thrust going on on the nuclear uh, nuclear power uh, propellers. And they're pushing it down, and you see them, and, and Renard goes, you know what? This is it. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to commit suicide. And he wants to shove that bit of plutonium into the reactor. Uh-huh. Now, I'm sorry. Every other time I've seen people working with plutonium... They're not holding it in a big giant rod that they're pushing into a thing and saying, oh, this is perfectly safe. No, they're wearing all sorts of radiation suits. Perfect example, the first Back to the Future when you see them going through and putting the radiation into the DeLorean. What are Mm -hmm. they doing? They're wearing radiation suits. Mm -hmm. And here he's perfectly exposed, shoving a rod in. No, I don't buy it. Sorry. You know, there had to be a depth point he didn't really care if he lived or died right but my point is that we're seeing james bond who's there you know six inches away from this guy basically and they're both fighting over this rod going in and james isn't worried about any of the radiation from him either and he obviously walks away and comes back to live in in other movies ah. don't do me a favor don't ever say fighting over the rod going in again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that backdoor reference. Lord. 
Between that and the first joke he made in the GoldenEye episode, oh, God. <laughs> yes, the three-way. <laughs> oh, no. Just no. Yeah, I, I deserve that. I know. Uh, but yeah, th- that, that scene when you see them blow up the whole, you see them blow up the sub, and the sub blows up, but the reactor's okay because it's all flooded, detonates safely underwater. That was pretty good. One of the best parts I loved about this was the very end when M and uh, M and John Cleese are looking for James Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going through. They're using the the uh, heat signature telemetry to find him with the satellites, and they go, "Oh, well, there he is. He, he's showing up warmer there." What's what? that red? Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's getting hotter. How is that? 007. <laughs> oh, oh, that man. was classic. I'm looking through some of the quotes on IMDb, and this movie had some great ones. Um, between Bond and Q, I suppose we all have to pay the piper sometime, right, Q? Oh, pipe down, 007. Was it something <laughs> I said? No, something you destroyed. My fishing boat for my retirement away from you. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, uh, Zukovsky has a couple of good ones. How did you get in here? I'm going to call security and congratulate them. Um, <laughs> yes. Russian accent isn't as bad. Isn't is just as bad as Bond's. Uh, can't you just say hello like a normal person? Yes. <laughs> the insurance company is never going to believe this. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> the whole building gets sawn in half. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Uh, you know, for all the flaws that this movie most likely has, this is a very enjoyable Bond film. Oh, yeah. um, for all the quotes, for all the action in it. The first Bond film to ever be filmed, have a scene filmed on the, on the Thames, right? Yeah. Pretty much. And they actually had a problem with that because mm-hmm. there was a speed limit of nine miles per hour on the Thames. <laughs> so That boat was going way faster. Well, and that's it. Because of that, the the British government said, no, we're not going to allow you to go any faster. So you've got to limit it to nine miles per hour. So a lot of the scenes that you see were being sped up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, some of the shots weren't actually filmed on the Thames, but they were filmed elsewhere to make Mm -hmm. it look like it was on the Thames. Like when he's tearing that jet boat all through the the streets and he comes along and he splashes water on the two guys that are clamping down on on the car. Mm-hmm. You know that sort of stuff that wasn't actually on the Thames, which I liked. I, I thought those were nice touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go over real quick. We 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 already know most of the cast. We've kind of mentioned most of them, mm-hmm. but I just want to touch on them real quick. Obviously, we had Pierce Brosnan, who you know, 007, Remington Steele, Mrs. Doubtfire, Thomas Crown Affair. We've we've already covered a lot of this with previous yeah. episodes. Yeah. Uh, Sophie Marceau, who was Electric King. She was Princess Isabel in Braveheart. Uh, Anna Karenina in the 1997 version of the film of the same name. And a slew of French films because she's French. <laughs> uh, next one, the villain, obviously. One of the villains. I love this. Robert Carlyle as Renard. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it took me a second. I'm looking at him. I'm like, because he didn't have the hair, I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And then I went, oh, shit. He was Gaz in Full Monty, uh, Dr. Nick Rush on Stargate Universe, Durza yep. in the movie Aragon, 
Uh, and he is probably best known right now to most American audiences who sit down every week to watch Once Upon a Time because he plays as Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a show I still have yet to get into. It's... Can't do it. Yeah. I've tried. It's, an, it's a nice premise, but... Yeah. When they tried to do the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, it was a bad spinoff, and it, it died, and fortunately it's staying dead. Uh, he uh, he plays the voice of Dracula in Castlevania. I saw that. Lords of Shadow 1, 2, and 3, or Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate, and Lords of Sh- I don't know, whatever. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently he was in a Oasis song, Little by Little, in 2002. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it big, when somebody just kind of throws you into a song. Yeah. Uh, well, talk it, about a champagne supernova. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, we, you know, we've already mentioned Denise Richards. Uh, I honestly think the only other film besides this that I really even cared about her at all as an actress was probably Starship Troopers. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's sad to say I will admit this, but God damn it, that Starship Troopers is one of my favorite movies. It's it's because of all the the bad, you know, just it's horrible. With all these bodies laying around, and you can clearly tell it's just completely fake. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's so over the top, and that's why I enjoy it. Oh yeah. We'll have to cover that movie at some point in time because there's there's actually quite a few actors in that film and I liked it for what it was, knowing that it was really bad. And I mean, come on, Paul Verhoeven, the director of RoboCop, did that one. So yeah, you and you can tell, you can tell. There's little touches for Paul Verhoeven in that. But anyway, she just a couple other things I want to go over with her. Um, wow. She was in. She was Cynthia Slater's secret admirer in Saved by the Bell in 1991. Oh Jesus! She was on a <laughs> episode of Seinfeld. Um, oh, she was Russell. Uh, she, she was Russell's daughter in season four, of The Shoes. That's right. Um, so should we tie James Bond back to Superman again? We had Lois in Tomorrow Never Dies. Now we have Richards playing a character named Angela in Lois and Clark, episode 30, Season's Greetings. So (laughs) (laughs) everything all ties back to Superman. Um, And she was in an episode of Anger Management a couple years ago. Right now, apparently, she's a series regular on Twisted. Well, there's there's a little bit that she played like two or three episodes on Two and a Half Men. And mm-hmm. she was supposed to be Charlie's girlfriend slash ex girlfriend, whatever. And had a kid, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was actually their child that was in there running around with them. Oh wow, that's cool. So yeah, they're they're real life kid together. And this was uh, the funny thing was I think that this was after they had divorced. So because mm-hmm. yeah, it, it would have been because this was done. Let's see, they divorced in two thousand six, and this was ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was enjoyable for what it was. Um, you know, we've mentioned Robbie Coltrane, who was Zukovsky, mm-hmm. Judy Dench. Uh, we've already talked about Colin Salmon, who's been on yeah. Arrow and so forth. 
Uh, I'm going to talk real quick. John Cleese. We know him. Q's assistant and the successor. We, you mentioned that he was Basil Fawlty in Fawlty Towers. He's mm-hmm. also probably one of the most famous faces from Monty Python's Flying Circus. And he also picked up as the nearly headless Nick in the Harry Potter films. <laughs> Plus, he did the voice of uh, the king in Shrek. In all the Shrek films. Yep. So, Cleese has done his, he's done his due diligence. Uh, you know, he's also done things like Fierce Creatures. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. There's, there's so much that he's done and people recognize him from. So, we'll just leave it at that because I know we're going to cover more with Die Another Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, we've already touched on some of the trivia here with uh, Denise Richards. Uh, I did want to mention, obviously, you mentioned here that she was the worst Bond girl ever. I, mm-hmm. This was actually the first Bond film to ever win a Razzie in the category <laughs> of Worst Supporting Actress because of Denise Richards. <laughs> and That's so sad. It gets worse because Entertainment Weekly ranked her as one of the worst Bond girls of all time in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, here's the thing, folks. Why couldn't she have been the physician and just had like a one-scene thing and put Serena Scott Thomas as the Bond girl? That would have been a hell of a lot better. I know. Uh, would have been, it just would have come off so much better, but... <laughs> now... Talk about a sticky situation, right? Ew. <laughs> hey, you said come off, so... Uh... <laughs> Now, I did like one of the nice touches with with a lot of the Bond girls is that in that warehouse where they had Zukovsky that he turned it into his operations room, mm-hmm. if you look on the walls, there was a whole bunch of pinups that they had. Mm-hmm. All those pinups were actually of former Bond girls. And I, I kind of recognized one of them like, hey, that looks kind of like Famicie Anson. Yep. Like, oh, shit, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, they had a bunch of them there. Uh, another thing, if you look carefully... In the film itself, you can see boobage. Sophie Marceau, she can be seen in her bed scene between them. Right after Bond says, enough ice for one night, when she's playing with the ice in the bucket. Yeah. And apparently she rolls over and you see boobs. Oh, yeah. Uh, but apparently during the trailer, it was airbrushed out so it can't be seen in there. And they they left it in for the film. So if you're looking really hard, you can spot it. Depends upon how much you want to wank to it. I don't know. You got to be hard up for some if you're really looking for that, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I do want to mention the tie-in, the adaptation for the video game. Because in 2000, the film was adapted by EA to create a first-person shooter of the same name for the N64 and the PlayStation. Uh, yeah. I tried the game on the PlayStation, and it was all right for like five minutes, and then, nah. Yeah, it was not not a good, not a good setup for it. No. Uh, well, you know, before that, Rare did. You know, they did Goldeneye. Yeah. On yeah. the N sixty four, and that was a huge hit. I mean, it, I remember nights with friends just going four player with Goldeneye. It was such a huge hit, and and then EA took over and couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there hasn't been a great Bond game since Goldeneye. I think the only one I really enjoy is Nightfire. I don't think uh, I played that. I believe one it was yet. a PC version. 
Uh, it was called James Bond 007 Nightfire. Uh, I think the only reason why I enjoy it, because I believe Brosnan lent his voice that time. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, now, I know you mentioned, I'm going to tie real quick back to Saved by the Bell, because you mentioned mm-hmm. Denise Richards was Slater's secret admirer. Another Saved by the Bell actress was actually considered for the role of Dr. Christmas Jones. And I'll be honest, I would much rather have seen Tiffany Amber Thiessen doing this. <laughs> yeah. She would have been Absolutely. so much better. But, you know, it ended up the way that it did. So, I, I, so wait, Bell was... When did Bell end? Oh, God, I should know this. I'm not looking at it. When did Say by the Bell end? Uh, it was... 92? Okay. So. so this is 97. I'm, I'm just guessing. I'm completely just yeah. out of guess. Uh-oh. I, I'm, I could I'm, be way I'm trying to think if it might have been too soon for her to get out of the Kelly Kapowski kind of young look kind of thing. Uh, Hundred twenty six episodes. It ran from oh jeez, uh, uh, I can't see it here. Uh, ninety three. Stephen was ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was probably way too soon for that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, okay. You had I just looked it up. You had Elizabeth Berkley mm-hmm. who played Jesse Spano. She did Showgirls in ninety five. Yeah, that's later. that's true. But see, Je- see, Elizabeth Berkley was. First of all, she's ten times taller than Kelly is. Yeah, and she's she's a lot more rough around the edges. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tiffany Thiessen has done some amazing bad girl work in like Nine Hundred Two One Zero, the original Nine Hundred Two One Zero, not that crappy remake. Um, and she's done some really you know evil characters and other things. But it's just like she's always had that good girl kind of image, and and Elizabeth Berkeley hasn't. So. Elizabeth Berkeley doing Showgirls in 95. <laughs> I don't you know. Yeah. Pain. She goes from being, you know, 18 to, you know, 23 in a matter of two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So final thoughts on this film. What were your guys' thoughts? I, I, I liked the film for what it was. I, I, it was. I thought it was one of the better Bond films with everything that happened. Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts? Um, I, I still enjoy it, mostly for the action, mostly for the cue scenes, um, later on for the R scenes. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was pretty good. Steven, what about you? What were your you know, thoughts? I, I enjoyed it. It was Desmond Llewellyn's last Bond movie. So that, that kind of, you know, it, it, you feel something there, as much as somebody like me could feel. Yes, because we know, know that racing... We know that no, you want to have it. no pain, you know, no feeling. We, you've yeah, already said that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 up there. It's, it's not one of my favorites, but it's still a good Bond movie. And mm. your Skype went to shit again. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and, and and the the just to go back because I'm trying to find this for for my Nightfire reference. It was modeled after Brosnan, but he was voiced by Maxwell Caulfield. The interesting thing here in this this game, which was on multiple platforms, PC, Xbox, 
uh, and PlayStation 2, GameCube, Game Boy Advance, all that. Um, Q in this in this game in 007 Nightfire, Q is actually he's modeled after Desmond Llewellyn, but he's voiced by friggin' Grimlock, Greg Berger. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. oh man. I'm gonna so have to. I, I'm gonna have to give him crap for that next time I see him, because I know he's, he's supposed to be at Comic Con <sighs> this coming year. So, yeah. If he is, I'm gonna have to give him crap <laughs> in a good that's way. Fantastic. Greg. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much the end of this show here. I I do want to go through and thank everybody for listening here. Uh, if you want to give us feedback, please go ahead. You can leave us feedback on iTunes. You can go and send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can go visit us on the website at mygenerationpodcast.com. Leave us comments there if you want. Uh, we also do have Twitter that you can get a hold of us. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, Sprezout. Uh, Mike, you've got yours? DFG and Mike. And Steven, which one do you want to use tonight? At Baskin My Awesome. That, that's my main one. Okay, because I know you got that cat, that uh, coach, uh, couch coach. Well, there's, out there. there's my other one, the the uh, at couch coaching. That's couch it. coach was not available, so I had uh, to I, I had to add the ing. See, um, and I do want to thank for the people that are going to our Facebook page. We actually did get a new like. Uh, it actually happened here last week after we recorded the previous episode but i but because we did that all on one night i didn't get a chance to put that one in here so i'm going to thank rocky suits uh i'm not sure if that's your real name but if it is good name <laughs> i like it <laughs> uh so yeah rocky suits did like did add us a like on facebook and if you would please go and like our page i'm really close to getting 100 likes if i get 100 likes i'll give something away don't know what yet but i've got a bunch of things i can give away uh, so I think that's it. We'll go ahead and sign off here. Mike, do you think I should put in the world is not enough song? No. Okay. You gotta put you gotta put the Q stuff. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, we can't we can't not have the Q stuff in this episode. You're right. <laughs> if only because it'll be a nice homage to Desmond. And it's Lillard. the last one he was in. Yes, because he unfortunately he he died. Uh, in 1999, three weeks yeah. after this, due to a car accident. So we'll close it out on that note, and we'll have our, our homage to Desmond. You're not retiring anytime soon, are you? Now, pay attention, 007. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed. And the second? Always have an escape plan.
I could.